Section sixty two of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book nine, chapter nine. They carry Mitya away. When the protocol had been signed, Nikolai Parfenovitch turned solemnly to the prisoner and read him the committal setting forth that in such a year on such a day and such a place the investigating lawyer of such and such a district court having examined so and so to wit mitya accused of this and of that all the charges were carefully written out and having considered that the accused not pleading guilty to the charges made against him had brought forward nothing in his defence while the witnesses so and so and so and so and the circumstances such and such testify against him acting in accordance with such and such articles of the statute book and so on has ruled that in order to preclude so and so mitya from all means of evading pursuit and judgment he be detained in such and such a prison which he hereby notifies to the accused and communicates a copy of this same committal to the deputy prosecutor and so on and so on in brief mitya was informed that he was from that moment a prisoner and that he would be driven at once to the town and there shut up in a very unpleasant place mitya listened attentively and only shrugged his shoulders well gentlemen i don't blame you i'm ready i understand that there's nothing else for you to do nikolai parfenovitch informed him gently that he would be escorted at once by the rural police officer mavriki mavrikevitch who happened to be on the spot stay mitya interrupted suddenly and impelled by uncontrollable feeling he pronounced addressing all in the room gentlemen we're all cruel we're all monsters we all make men weep and mothers and babes at the breast but of all let it be settled here now of all i am the lowest reptile i've sworn to amend and every day i've done the same filthy things i understand now that such men as i need a blow a blow of destiny to catch them as with a noose and bind them by a force from without never never should i have risen of myself but the thunderbolt has fallen i accept the torture of accusation and my public shame i want to suffer and by suffering i shall be purified perhaps i shall be purified gentlemen but listen for the last time i am not guilty of my father's blood i accept my punishment not because i killed him but because i meant to kill him and perhaps i really might have killed him still i mean to fight it out with you i warn you of that i'll fight it out with you to the end and then god will decide good-bye gentlemen don't be vexed with me for having shouted at you during the examination oh i was still such a fool then in another minute i shall be a prisoner but now for the last time as a free man dmitri karamazov offers you his hand saying good-bye to you i say it to all men his voice quivered and he stretched out his hand but nikolai parfenovitch who happened to stand nearest to him with a sudden almost nervous movement hid his hands behind his back mitya instantly noticed this and started he let his outstretched hand fall at once 
the preliminary inquiry is not yet over nikolai parfenovitch faltered somewhat embarrassed we will continue it in the town and i for my part of course am ready to wish you all success in your defence as a matter of fact dmitri fyodorovitch i have always been disposed to regard you as so to speak more unfortunate than guilty all of us here if i may make bold to speak for all we are all ready to recognize that you are at bottom a young man of honor but alas one who has been carried away by certain passions to a somewhat excessive degree nikolai parfenovitch's little figure was positively majestic by the time he had finished speaking it struck mitya that in another minute this boy would take his arm lead him to another corner and renew their conversation about girls but many quite irrelevant and inappropriate thoughts sometimes occur even to a prisoner when he is being led out to execution gentlemen you are good you are humane may i see her to say good-bye for the last time asked mitya certainly but considering in fact now it's impossible except in the presence of oh well if it must be so it must grushenka was brought in but the farewell was brief and a few words and did not at all satisfy nikolai parfenovitch grushenka made a deep bow to mitya i have told you i am yours and i will be yours i will follow you for ever wherever they may send you farewell you are guiltless though you've been your own undoing her lips quivered tears flowed from her eyes forgive me grusha for my love for ruining you too with my love mitya would have said something more but he broke off and went out he was at once surrounded by men who kept a constant watch on him at the bottom of the steps to which he had driven up with such a dash the day before with andre's three horses two carts stood in readiness mavriky mavrikevitch a sturdy thick-set man with a wrinkled face was annoyed about something some sudden irregularity he was shouting angrily he asked mitya to get into the cart with somewhat excessive surliness when i stood him drinks in the tavern the man had quite a different face thought mitya as he got in at the gates there was a crowd of people peasants women and drivers trifon borisovitch came down the steps too all stared at mitya forgive me at parting good people mitya shouted suddenly from the cart forgive us too he heard two or three voices good-bye to you too trifon borisovitch but trifon borisovitch did not even turn round he was perhaps too busy he too was shouting and fussing about something it appeared that everything was not yet ready in the second cart in which two constables were to accompany mavriky mavrikievitch the peasant who had been ordered to drive the second cart was pulling on his smock stoutly maintaining that it was not his turn to go but akim's but akim was not to be seen they ran to look for him the peasant persisted and besought them to wait you see what our peasants are mavriky mavrikievitch they've no shame exclaimed trifon borisovitch akim gave you twenty-five kopecks the day before yesterday you've drunk it all and now you cry out i'm simply surprised at your good nature with our low peasants mavriky mavrikievitch that's all i can say 
but what do we want a second cart for mitya put in let's start with the one mavriky mavrikevitch i won't be unruly i won't run away from you old fellow what do we want an escort for i'll trouble you sir to learn how to speak to me if you've never been taught i'm not old fellow to you and you can keep your advice for another time mavriky mavrikevitch snapped out savagely as though glad to vent his wrath mitya was reduced to silence he flushed all over a moment later he felt suddenly very cold the rain had ceased but the dull sky was still overcast with clouds and a keen wind was blowing straight in his face i've taken a chill thought mitya twitching his shoulders at last mavriky mavrikevitch too got into the cart sat down heavily and as though without noticing it squeezed mitya into the corner it is true that he was out of humour and greatly disliked the task that had been laid upon him good-bye trifon borisovitch mitya shouted again and felt himself that he had not called out this time from good-nature but involuntarily from resentment but trifon borisovitch stood proudly with both hands behind his back and staring straight at mitya with a stern and angry face he made no reply good-bye dmitri fyodorovitch good-bye he heard all at once the voice of kalganov who had suddenly darted out running up to the cart he held out his hand to mitya he had no cap on mitya had time to seize and press his hand good-bye dear fellow i shan't forget your generosity he cried warmly but the cart moved and their hands parted the bell began ringing and mitya was driven off kalganov ran back sat down in a corner bent his head hid his face in his hands and burst out crying for a long while he sat like that crying as though he were a little boy instead of a young man of twenty oh he believed almost without doubt in mitch's guilt what are these people what can men be after this he exclaimed incoherently in bitter despondency almost despair at that moment he had no desire to live is it worth it is it worth it exclaimed the boy in his grief end of section sixty two